Good evening, and you're very welcome back to the second episode of this season of the League of Ireland Women's Podcast here on uh, FinalWhistle.ie. Myself, Brefnery, and of course, Aaron Clark. Aaron, welcome back. Uh, it's been a, an interesting week. President's Cup over the weekend. Uh, lots of thoughts, stuff to talk about. We'll get into that in just a moment. Later, we're going to be talking to Daniel Burke, uh, Cork City stalwarts, about their chances coming into this season. It's a bit of a new look city. Things getting together off the field. New manager in place, obviously, through last year, and Danny Murphy. We chatted him on the show at the time as well. Uh, lots of excitement down in the side. So we'll be chatting to Danielle in a little bit of what, a little bit of time. We'll be looking back also at the Cup Final, the President's Cup Final, the inaugural Women's President's Cup Final last weekend. Played in Athlone Town Stadium, went to penalties. Lots of excitement. We'll deep dive into that as well as a look at the fixtures in the opening round of games. And, of course, first games for both Shamrock Rovers and Galway United. Uh, Kind of first games for both teams. Shamrock was obviously have been in the league before Galway United replacing effectively uh, the old Galway WFC. So much so that even Galway WFC were included in the branding this week. I don't know if you spotted that in the fixtures, Aaron, coming out from the league uh, during the week. But uh, it was the Galway WFC logo uh, with Galway United's name on the thing. But first of all, let's uh, welcome you to another week. What have you been up to? Did you get a chance to keep an eye on the President's Cup over the weekend? Yeah, I kept, kept an eye on I kept an eye on I watched parts of it. I was otherwise engaged at a different event, but I had it on LOA TV. The phone was there, the AirPods were the AirPods are in, and I was keeping it keeping a close eye on it. But it's really just looking forward to the, the first week of the season. You know, it's built it's building nicely. It's still a lot, still a lot of things to do with myself, just to build up the last bits of build up, and just looking forward to getting going. It's it's been a long off season since the cup final. Like we have a big six months, six seven months ahead in Irish football, and it's it's really going to ramp up from this week onwards. Absolutely. Well, I suppose let's start maybe with a look back to Saturday's action, and our reporter Sean Comer was at the game. Here's his thoughts on what went down in at Town Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Uh, full time here in Lizzie Wollen, the President's Cup between Athlone Town and Shelburne. And Athlone Town have won the first ever Women's President's Cup after beating Shelburne five for penalties following a 2 2 draw in normal time. This couldn't really have started much worse for Athlone. They conceded twice in the opening 15 minutes. Just eight minutes in, Alex Cavanaugh won the ball and she played it to Mile Murray. She turned, hit it on the half volley, and it dipped right over Nyla Peterkin in the Athlone net to make it 1 0 Shelburne. Just five minutes later, it went from bad to worse. Uh, Siobhan Killeen was coming down the right wing and she went to play it into the box. It's deemed to have hit Shauna Brennan in the arm. Um, Alex Cavanaugh stepped up for the penalty and she slotted in to make a 2-0 to Shelburne. There wasn't many chances the rest of the half, but Athlone did get back into it in the 37 minutes. They caught Shelburne trying to play possession out from the back and Roshi Malloy was played through. She held it up, she played it back to Scarlett Hearn, who then played to Mary Navani, who turned and poked it in to make a 2-1 to Athlone. And I suppose in the second half, really, there wasn't that much intensity from either side. There was a few half chances, but nothing concrete. Athlone really needed a gift to get back into it, and they did in the 69th minute. The ball was played back to Courtney Maguire. She looked like she was playing a routine ball out, which was blocked by Roche Malloy. It bounced straight into the net to make it 2-2. Again, no real chances the rest of the way, so we went straight to penalties. Both sides nailed uh, their first three penalties before Kelly Brennan missed the fourth for Athlone. Kate Slevin then had to score the fifth penalty for Athlone, which she did, and then backup goalkeeper Kira Glacken saved uh, the Shelburne's fifth penalty. Mary Devaney would make it 5-4 to Athlone, before Christy Gray had her penalty saved by Glacken um, for Shelburne's sixth effort. So Athlone won five poor on penalties at the sudden death. So it's full-time here in Lizzie Woolen and Athlone Town are the President's Cup winners. Yeah, exciting times for Athlone Town. Their first title in senior football, in women's football. Um, thoughts on that, Aaron? Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, Sean's right in what he says in the second half in terms of the likes of the intensity dropping out. 
bit of a gift for the for the equaliser the top goalkeeping for some of the other goals wasn't great either on both sides interesting that tommy actually replaced the goalkeeper half time and sort of that just shows he wasn't too he wasn't too pleased and from an athlone point of view, I thought Chloe Singleton in the second half was, was quite good for them. They looked they looked as though if anybody was probably going to score again, it, it might have been them. From Shelburne, when you bring in a lot of new players like that, it's going to take a lot of time to bet in. I think that the game might be of a massive benefit to Shells more than athlone because of the fact that they were able to get these players a bit of an opportunity. But the problem with Shelburne is there's so many changes there. It's going to take an awful lot of time to, to build up, I think. The big, the big story tonight is obviously going to be Kira Glacken saving two penalties to, to win the first ever President's Cup for Athlone, 1,423 at the game. I know Athlone offered a lot of skill kids in free and stuff like that, but it's still great to see such a large crowd at a, at, a, at a women's game outside the Cup final. It's the biggest attendance in a, in a women's domestic game here. Yeah, no, it's great. And I think regardless of whether they paid or not, they were at the game. And I think that's huge for a February, Saturday afternoon to have a, a really, really big crowd. And maybe that justifies the... The positioning of the game in Athlone versus what might have shown up in Talca uh, for the same game. There might not have been quite the same kind of buzz or feel to it on the day. And I think Athlone Town deserve great credit. I know I was listening to Gordon Brett on commentary during the game, and uh, a few of us watched it in, in various locations uh, behind the scenes here at Final Whistle. And it was just, it, was a, it wasn't that classic. We're not going to be writing uh, uh, articles about it in, in years to come, but at the same time, it was a really, really good game. Uh, and great for Athlone. I think they deserved it based on last season. They kind of came out of last season with a huge amount of credit and a huge amount of respect from around the league, but hadn't got the silverware to back it up. And I think now they maybe put that, put that little hoodoo to bed and it could increase their chances maybe of uh, getting back to cup finals and challenging for the league this year. Or am I thinking a bit ahead of myself there? Do you know what? It'll, it'll do them the massive world of good. I think the cup final was a big disheartener for them. If they could have got the Scarlet Herring goal in the cup final, they might have went on to win it. But I think they'd learned an awful lot of lessons, and you could see tactically when they changed stuff in the second half, how they were a little bit better. Like you look at the players that he was even he was bringing on, the likes of Kelly Brennan as well, who had a massive a massive impact in the cup final. Like I think from an Athlone point of view, that's that monkey off the back. Whether it's a a preseason Presidents Cup or it's 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 silver at senior level, and I think that's what they wanted just to to try and, and break that hoodoo. But the problem is, is Brefney last season. They had a great opportunity, probably just ran out of games, whereas this season it could be a lot more difficult for them. They'll have to hit the ground running, there's no doubt about it, and they probably have one of the games they wouldn't have wanted to start off with at the weekend. So it'll it'll definitely help them build into it, but I don't think for a couple of weeks we'll, we'll really see where Athlone are at the moment. I think from a Shelburne point of view, they will need some time just to bet in with all the players, but I think Tommy will just be happy to get that first bit of silver. Yeah, I think uh, a few talking points out of the game for me was, I suppose, the two goal scorers coming from Mern um, Devaney in the first half and Roshan Malloy in the second half, both underage players for Sligo Rovers who went through a game themselves at the weekend were beaten fairly soundly by DLR Waves in a friendly. So uh, you kind of worry about maybe the other teams around them seem to have lost those players probably for good, really, in terms of, of those two, but also the likes of Chloe Singleton, who you mentioned, Sean Brennan, who was involved in the penalty that was given away, um, Slightly harshly, I probably say looking back at it, but um, those players coming from Galway as well over the close season, Athlone seem to have really replaced the few players that they've lost because there would have been big talk about the likes of Jessica Hennessy and Emily Corbett leaving the club, and maybe some might have feared for them given the, the solidity that those two players brought to them. But they seem to have just picked up from where they left off and, and kept going. 
Yeah, and the pop the problem is that they were they were big personalities. They were going to have to lose, as I said on the show last week. Keeping Madison Gibson was was superb. Uh, Dana Sharif, who's been injured most of last season, when she comes back, as you say, will be like a new signing for them as well, which will add a little bit more. But the problem is, is it's it's unlike last year when as we as we'll speak about as we we'll continue to speak as the season goes on. 27 games compared to 20, so you can't really afford a slow start or you can't afford an inconsistent start. And I think Atlanta will, will be hoping to hit the ground running. You look at last season, they went on a run of, I think they won six in a row, and then they went on another run after losing one to, to, to not lose in the next seven. So they'll be needing to pick up points early on. And it's just a case of can they hit the ground running? The goalkeeper situation may be a bit of a concern, especially with them taking the goalkeeper up half time. That's my only concern from an Athlone point of view at the moment. Does does he go with Glacken or does he go with the other keeper in goal? Because apart from that, they've they seem to have assured up assured up quite well. Yeah, Peter can of course did start that game at the weekend, but it was Glacken who was the hero at the end. So lots of decisions for Tommy over the next couple of weeks. And but more importantly, this weekend at home to Piedmont at the late kickoff, of course, on Saturday evening. We'll be going through all of the teams uh, towards the end of the show in terms of their ins and outs and uh, what we can expect to see from them, or maybe what we feel their chances of success this season are uh, later on. But first, maybe let's head towards Leeside, where we have Danielle Burke waiting for a chat about all things Cork City, how they got on last year, a little look back over their transition from that disappointing cup final performance in 2020, and how the future seems to be so much brighter for the girls on Leeside this season. Danielle Burke, you're very, very welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on. And it's our pleasure. Uh, thanks for making yourself available. In terms of, I suppose, uh, the next couple of months, it's, it's an exciting time to be back playing football. You must be excited to just be back and have games come and pick up fast over the next few weeks. Yeah, we're buzzing to get going now. I think um, off-season, pre-season have been quite long, so we're excited to get that out of the way and get going and hopefully hit the ground running. In terms of the, the off-season... It's the first one that Danny Murphy would have got to have as a real step in with, with the city, considering he come in halfway through the season. How's pre-season been? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, we had an off-season plan as well, which was quite intense. You know, there was definitely days where we were out running and we were cursing Danny and James, but it definitely paid off. You know, we came back and everyone felt like really fit and sharp and stuff. Um, pre-season has been great. There's been a, a really good mood around the camp and stuff, so... I think it's good that we had that time before the season with um, Danny and James because obviously we got only a short time with them last season. So we didn't really have time to implement exactly what they wanted. So we feel like um, that was kind of a building phase for us. But, you know, we feel ready this season and we've had a good good amount of time with them. So, yeah, we're ready to go. I suppose it's been not phenomenal since uh, that cup final in 2020, of course, a, a big defeat that day, but still to be on that stage, a huge achievement for the club. It hasn't been phenomenal since then. So uh, are we confident that we're going to see a, a better performance from a kind of a new look Cork this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we did have a tough few seasons after that cup final. Um, you know, I think consistency was a, a really big deal for us. You know, we were our own worst enemies at times. Um, but yeah, no, we're definitely confident with the with the group that we have this year and obviously with Danny and James on board as well. Um, we're really looking forward to it. I think the girls that we've brought in, they've been excellent and the girls that are stepping up from the younger age groups, um, they've slotted in really well. So yeah, I think we're we're really confident in the team this year. Um, so we'll see how it goes, yeah. What sort of expectations have you put on the season? Like, What would you class as a good season for Cork City? 
Um, well, we definitely want to climb the table a bit more, you know. Um, we're not afraid to say that we're we're aiming for top four, you know. Um, I think we have the squad that we have the quality in the squad that that can get us there, and we have the belief in ourselves as well to push on. Um, you know, we'd obviously love a cup run again and maybe um justify ourselves from that last cup cup final, but just getting up the table and being more consistent week in week out is going to be a huge a uh, huge goal for us this season. You say fourth. Now, that's not beyond the realm's possibility. You were fourth in that season in 2020. Uh, there's been a bit of re rebuilding, as you mentioned. Is fourth realistic, though? Like Because that means, effectively, with an extra team in the league, uh, you have to beat, what is it, seven teams to get to that? You only managed to stay ahead of one in the, in the league last year. So uh, which of those teams do you think you can get ahead of? Well, most of them, essentially. But who, realistically, are you targeting to leapfrog this year? Um, I wouldn't say we're targeting anyone really. I think um this league is it's so close. You know, you, I don't think you can you can call it a top four or anything like that. I think the the gaps between the teams have gotten shorter and smaller every year. Um, I think we're just focusing on ourselves. We know that we're able to get results off anyone. Um, when we show up on the day, so I think we'll just be focusing on on ourselves rather than who we can beat. Um, if we just have that belief in ourselves, I think we can beat anyone. And what's different between Cork of last year and Cork of this season? What do you think the main differences are? I think obviously just because we had a, a longer time with with Danny and James for them to to implement their game plan. Um, we obviously have a, a, a different group of girls this year. Um, just having that bit of belief in ourselves, you know, when results aren't going your way and, and you're losing quite a lot, that motivation kind of, it's, it's hard to stay motivated. Um, but I think we have a clean slate this year. You know, it's a fresh start for us. We're all really confident in ourselves and, and there's a huge belief in the squad as well. You talk about some of the off-the-field decisions and changes and I suppose uh, the fact that you're now long-term in terms of cross that guarantees the women will play there, the fact that you've got uh, training facilities now equal to the men where that's not a lo not an issue anymore. I know it has been an issue in the, in the club in the past. Um, how much security does that give as a player in the squad that you know where you're going to be training, you know where you're going to be playing, not just this season, but for probably the guts of your entire playing career? Yeah, it's huge, you know, um, when all those little factors are already sorted for you, you know, you can just fully focus on on the football and the training. You don't have to worry where you're going to be training this week or where you're going to be playing at the weekend. So it does, it gives you a lot of security and, you know, you can just fully focus on the football. And even even in terms of that, it must have been difficult at times last year, was it? Because like, we'd seen early in the season, there was articles where players maybe not be available for training because training would have to be early afternoon and stuff like that. How do you, you know, when that sort of things happen, how do you focus on football? Yeah, it's hard, you know, because you're trying to prepare for the weekend, but maybe some of the girls who maybe would have been starting were missing training and there's not a full squad of training. So it, it, it's hard, but, you know, we just kind of had to learn to deal with it. Um, it obviously took its toll on us uh, a bit last year, but you just try and have to block them out. I think um, there's always going to be something going on behind the scenes that you just need to kind of block out and, just try and focus fully on what we're there to do. Speaking of what you are there to do, obviously, is play football. And there's a bit of a new look to that team. We've watched over the last couple of seasons as a few younger girls have broken into that side and really uh, grown into their roles. But there's three, I suppose, big absences in my point, from my looking in from the outside uh, for this season. And that's namely, I know, um, Becky Casson has has moved abroad. Uh, Natalie O'Brien has, has left the club and Orla DC, I think, has moved to Wexford as well, who had impressed me in stages last year. Um, they leave some pretty big gaps in that side. How are Cork going to cope? 
Yeah, um, there are obviously three huge losses for us. Um, I think with the younger girls stepping up, I think they, they really do slot in well. You wouldn't even think of them as younger players. They act like senior players. You know, They have experience from being around the team last year as well. And obviously we've brought in um, the likes of Jesse Mendes, um, uh, Erica Manfrey, and I think they'll they'll really step up this year and you know they can fill those gaps as well. Um, I think there's a huge competition in the squad for places, which is something we probably lacked in previous seasons. Um, so yeah, there's a, a really big squad there to pick from, and I think the lads will probably have a bit of a headache trying to pick a starting eleven each week, which which is a good complaint to have, I suppose. You talked a little bit about younger players coming through. We seem to see an awful lot in the last couple of years for Cork that players making a transition from the underage. The academy structures have been working quite well on the women's section. Does that fill you with a, a lot of confidence going forward for the next couple of years with Cork? Yeah, definitely. You know, when you see the girls stepping up to senior level and you see the, the quality that they already have at such a young age, you know, it does. It fills you with confidence knowing that there's a good system um, below you and, you know, there will be a good pool of players. Um, there's always going to be a pool of players to pick from. Um, but they've been great. You know, their attitude to training and everything has been, you just can't fault them. They're there to play. Like, you know, they're not they're not there just to make up numbers. So it's great to have that competition as well. Some of the other off-the-stuff field over the last uh, three or four months, rebranding of the league, the renaming of the league. We put it to our, our guest last week, Roshi Malloy, about um, going to a men's game and realising that she was in the same division. Uh, she's in the same competition, effectively. Same league. It's all the one now. Does any of that come into your reckoning at all when you kind of prepare for, for Saturday's open round fixture? Um, yeah, I think the, the rebrand has been uh, unreal. You know, there's just there's so much publicity around the league now compared to previous seasons, you know. So it does give you more of a professional feel. But, you know, us preparing for the game, you know, that's not going to change. You know, we're just, we have our game plan. We're going to stick to it. Um, and we're not just going to, we're not going to let the outside kind of factors affect us. Speaking of the weekend, I can't not ask about it. Last season against Shelburne, they they got a goal late on that that eventually helped them win the title. But when you look at sort of performances that you put in against the likes of them last year, where you were just unlucky at the end, going up to Tulka Park on Saturday afternoon, what what sort of expectations do you have on the game? Yeah, you know, playing shells is always it's always a good battle between us. Um, and I think that game will, is probably the one that sticks out to me the most from last season. You know, it was just such a sucker punch when that goal went in at the end. Um, we were gutted after it, absolutely gutted. But we know that we can go up there and we can get results off um off any team. So, you know, we'll be confident in, in ourselves, but we won't underestimate shells as well. We know that they're a great team, but we have full confidence in ourselves. Yeah. Every result, of course, matters a little bit more this season. Only 20 fixtures compared to last year's 27. Um, your thoughts on, on that? Even though the league has got bigger, it's you've lost, I suppose, nearly a quarter of, of the season. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, as you said, like results really do matter. I don't think anyone can afford to slip up um, because the gaps are going to be just so small. You know, one if you drop a point, you know, that could cost you the whole season. So... I think that's where the consistency really needs to come in, that we're, we're getting results um, each week just to make sure that we're, we're pushing up that table. As a player, though, in the league, when you see the less games and a couple of games have been played at midweek, what do you what do you think, though, when you see the likes of that? Is it midweek games? The players like the midweek games and would you prefer to have maybe 30 games this season? Yeah, obviously, you know, you just want to play matches. So the more, the, the better, to be fair. But... 
the midweek games for us, you know, they're not too bad because they're against Treaty and, you know, it's just up the road from us. But um, it's hard, it's obviously it's difficult to have like, you know, a three game week. Um, it's it's tough mentally, physically, everything. So I think it's just preparation will be really um, big for those kind of games. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's been, I suppose, interesting watching Cork from the outside over the last two seasons because, as we've talked about, they have been, we call them transitional. You lost a couple of players after that cup final, that kind of, and, and just things and management changes uh, wholesale over the last few years. What has it been like just keeping yourself motivated to, to stay involved and stay involved in the league and, and get to the point now where you're looking forward and looking up the table at this season? Yeah, you know, um, it's not been an easy journey. Um, a lot of the girls that I would have started playing with aren't at the club anymore. Um, and when you go through seasons where you're not getting um, good results or anything like that, it is, it's really hard. And with all the manager changes and stuff like that, you know, sometimes it is, it's really like you have to find motivation to keep going. But I just have a huge belief in the club. I think um, we have a huge pool of players that we can pick from. And, and you know, the club has been just a huge part of my life now. So I can't see past it at this stage. But I think through all the, the hard times, you know, it's it's going to be worth it. And I think this season could could be the one. Can't not ask this dreaded question, especially off the back of that. Ever consider maybe other alternatives within the National League or was it, you know, is it always just going to be Cork? Um, yeah, I think it'll it'll always be City. Um, you know, obviously there there was times where there were clubs that were um were giving offers and stuff like that. But for me it was always City and I think it'll it'll always be City in this league anyways. Oh, now you caught me there with the last couple of words. Because <laughs> I, was, I was going to say something else, but now you said in this league anyway. Is that an option? Is that something we could see? Uh, we know we've seen a lot of players move abroad in the league over the last few weeks, or weeks or, sorry, months and years. Uh, is Daniel Burke possibly one of those uh, names that we could see on the continent in England in due course? Um, no. I will be with today. <laughs> very diplomatic cover i like it i like it what's it like though when you see friends because i think the one picture i always stand back to is the picture of yourself and tegan ruddy after the cup final in tallis stadium what's it like when you see players you played with going abroad and playing in different leagues and stuff like that as someone who's you know stayed by with the national league yeah um i suppose it's a bittersweet feeling kind of you know seeing Tegan go off and be a professional footballer is just unreal you know she deserves it so much and she's such a great player um but I suppose it does make you wonder like could you make that jump um to a different league a different professional league but um my full focus now this year is just on City so we'll we'll just stick with that it's a very political answer I like it uh, Dan listen it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you um thanks so much for joining us and a very very best of luck to you in Talking Park on Saturday afternoon. Before I let you go, just I suppose, um, we're talking about chopping and changing. There's been so much chopping and changing, particularly from your opponents on Saturday. Um, do you feel that maybe they're, uh, after watching that loan, uh, get one over them on them in the President's Cup last week, do you feel maybe they're not quite the, the presence they were before? Is there an opportunity here to take a scalp off Shells? Um, I think Shells will always be such a tough team. Um, I don't think that loss at the weekend is, is going to affect them a huge amount. Um, but yeah, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully we get a win over them. Good, you didn't give Noel King something for the, for the wall <laughs> in the dressing room anyway. Uh, Danielle, thanks for joining us. The best of luck on Saturday. Thanks a million for that. Interesting times ahead for everybody on Lee side, and uh, a real buzz of optimism coming out of Turner's Cross 
for the ladies. They've struggled for the last two years, but can they realistically have hopes of uh, progressing this year? And uh, fourth is what Danielle mentioned. I think that's a, maybe a stretch too far, but could they be looking at a couple of places higher than the ninth place finish last season? Four, four to seven, four to seventh. There's not going to be a lot between them. I don't think this year. I think for me, realistically, if Cork finished seventh, I'd class that as a as a good season. If they can be consistent, there's no there's no doubt that they can push on it. But I just think the team's just a little bit ahead, maybe that little step or two. But they they definitely may have closed the gap. The Mendes sisters coming in as well has has been a good a good addition. Plus they've they've some really good underage players as well who've been getting a lot of traction in recent years. I'd like to see Laura shine from a core point of view. If she can hit the ground running up top. I think if they can get they can get they can get goals, that'll definitely help them. But like most teams, we're sort of playing a bit of a, a watchful eye because we don't really know how strong they are pre-season. Yeah, they got a draw against Shamrock Rovers really early in it, but you can't read a lot into that. So it's going to be watching on, I think, at the start. If I'm not wrong, I think they got beaten by Treaty as well. So it's it's all who you play on those games. We're not quite sure the, the relative strengths of both teams in those particular encounters. Managers can, can try different things out at different times of the season. Um, but in terms of Saturday, they face a, a daunting enough trip to Shelburne. Um, you talked in the interview with Danielle about that uh, late winner from uh, Megan Smith-Lynch at the tail end of last season, kind of broke their hearts with two or three minutes left on the clock. Can they go one better? Can they get a result in Talca Park this weekend? Shells won't drop back that much. Shells won't like me saying this, but it's probably an ideal time for them to catch Shelburne, just with the fact of the, the transition and the changes. If you're to say three or four weeks' time, when Shells probably hit the ground running, it might be the wrong time to get them. But if they're going to do anything, this is probably where the, the chance is there. I think they'll have to be at their best to get a result, but it will be difficult for them. Shells have brought in a couple of players, Nadine Clare, Sophie Waters, uh, Kerry Letman, all across the city from DLR Waves. They've lost a very high-profile bunch. Uh, I think six or seven players have moved to Tala uh, in that new look, Shamrock Grover side. Um, the likes of Abby Larkin, probably the biggest name within that group. But Amanda Budden, of course, brings a wealth of experience and goals for them as well. Sean Foxy for Kelly, Jess Gargan, Leo Leary as well. Um, can we expect Shells to be at the same level as last year? Will they be competing for the league title at the end of the season? The problem is, and as Dan as Dan even said, Shells will always be that sort of team where they'll always be there or thereabouts. It's it's difficult to say because of the fact that they want the changes, whether they will or will not. The 20-game season definitely doesn't help them. But they're on the back foot, there's no doubt about it at the start. But if if you speak to the likes of Pearl Slattery, they don't mind this because the pressure's on everyone else. So if they come in under the radar and pick up a run of results, then people will start talking about them. But realistically they're probably a step or two behind but they can close that gap if they can get momentum early yeah it's uh, going to be an interesting game at the weekend i think my money is still on shells though i think they have enough strength to get across the line they'll be disappointed uh albeit not overly disappointed with the result at the weekend in the president's cup but it's it's kind of irrelevant in in terms of the season but uh it'll mean more to Athlone than it will negatively to shells if that makes sense and uh, moving on to the second game of the day also 2 p.m kickoff aim in dc park not an unusual venue for a women's uh, national league game i don't know whether to call it women's national league or league of ireland women we go with league of ireland women's game and um, it's not an unusual fixture but it's going to be a different badge on the home kit this year Galway WFC no more replaced by Galway United who've come into the women's game in a major way at 17s and 19s and at senior level and of course their first game is against Wexford Youths 
Uh, they kick off at 2 p.m. A lot of recognizable faces and names here in that Galway lineup. A couple of big names have come into them, though. I think for me, particularly, the return of Leah Brady from Athlone is a big one. Leah missed a lot of the last season or two because of injury. Uh, Jeremy McGuinness, who was very impressive for Sligo last season, uh, joins them. And Amy Madden, who was really, really impressive before she got injured in the tail end of last season as well with Treaty. Uh, they're three decent signings at this level. Um, but not all of the big names have come from the old Galway WFC. There seems to be a lot of transitioning going on there as well. What's your thoughts on, on how Galway are faring up this season? Like I said last week, I thought I was, I was disappointed with the players that signed. I thought they would have got more in. I think it's a tough, it's a tough one. It's a new club. It's 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 with the league, the way the league has gone. It's going to take an awful lot of investment to be extremely competitive. I think from a from a Galway point of view. They'll be disappointed with some of the players they've lost. I think Amy Madden, as we spoke to Donna O'Reardon last year, she was a smashing young player for for Treaty. It was a great sign. And Gemma McGuinness added, added a good bit to, Sl to Sligo Rovers last year. But I just think they're probably still a little bit light in terms of players. Like, as you say, Leah Brady hasn't played a lot. Take a bit of time to get up to, up to speed at that level from a from a Galway point of view. I think they'll 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 find it hard early on in this in this league in, in this division. And I think for them, it could be, it could be a difficult couple of months on a Wexford youth point. Like I think Wexford are going there with all, all guns blazing, and I'd expect Wexford to actually start the season off with with a decent result and a decent three points. And it's it'll be interesting to see what sort of crowd they get in Amy DC Park because it's Galway United now. The men seem to be well supported because the badge has changed. Will they get a, a, an influx of crowd? That's the question that we, remains to be seen. Like they've been cute with their social media posts. I think. We've said it before that Gemma McGuinness one wins the wins the transfer announcement of the of the off season the way it was done. So they may pick up a couple of extra fans, which will help which will help them on. But I think it's going to be a bit of a slow start for Galway. Yeah, I did like that Gemma McGuinness announcement. The creativity in it was pretty pretty impressive. In terms of their opponents, of course, the weekend they've seen a couple of ins and outs as well. Probably the signing of the off season is the return of Rihanna Jarrett to her old stomping ground down there in Ferry Carrick Park. But also, they're taking the next generation of exciting attacking talent in the league as well. And that's Emily Corbett making that move from Athlone Town. I mentioned Orla DC when I shot it down earlier. Um, she's gone across the southern border or the southern coast uh, from Cork to Wexford as well. So um, Louise Corrigan, Sean O'Carroll have moved from the other waves. And we've also seen Abby Brophy make the trip down from Bohemians. Well, they've lost Becky Watkins, who's gone back to the capital. She joins Piedmont United. And Vanessa Ogbana is gone to DLR Waves. It's uh, it's some big, big names come in there for Wexford. They were there thereabouts last season, bring it down to the last game or two of the season. Can they challenge for another title? The biggest problem with Wexford last year was goals at times. They were too reliant on Kylie to, to get them over the line and Kylie to drag them forward, especially when you see when Ellen got injured. There was that bit of a buzz gone because Ellen is such a creative player. Ellen will be gone for most of the season, make him back for the run-in, but to bring in Rihanna Jarrett, if Rihanna stays fit, there's no reason why Rihanna can't score 20-25 goals. I'm interested to see what our partnership with Emily Corbett is going to be like because there's no way there's there's no way if the two of them fire together that Wexford won't score a, a bucket of goals. I think the fact that Lauren Dwyer is back and she's fit after coming, coming back late last season, it's like a new player coming in. Louise Corrigan there, like likes of Nicholas in it, lots of experience, and I think they'll they'll definitely push on and 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 drive on. I think if I if you was to put my money on it, I'd say they're probably my favourites to win the league with the players they brought in, and 
I just I'm just hoping to see Rihanna Rihanna stay fit this year because she's X Factor when she when she's fit and she can score goals for fun in this league. Yeah, on the game at the weekend, thoughts on Galway or Wexford? Uh, if you're putting Galway down as disappointing and Wexford down as inspiring and league title challenging, I'm guessing you're going to side towards Wexford uh, in terms of yeah, this game. I think it could be a comfortable Wexford win this weekend. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they score three or four. Okay, interesting times ahead for them. Moving on to the next game of the of Saturday afternoon is the clash of the Rovers. We saw them kick off the men's league just a, a week or so ago with an absolute cracker of a game down the showgrounds. This time it's the turn of the ladies, Sligo Rovers host Shamrock Rovers on Saturday afternoon. Of course, Shamrock Rovers first game back at this level in many, many years, well documented over the last few months. The side that they've put together under manager Ollie, or Collie O'Neill, should I say. Ollie O'Neill is different, he plays for Derry. Uh, <clears throat> but Collie O'Neill's put together a really, really impressive side. Some would say title favourites, title challengers at least, uh, side. Sligo seem to be struggling. They've lost Jeremy McGuinness. They have brought in the two Lockery sisters from Donegal who will uh, add something to the team, but they're both under 17 this year, uh, although likely to feature for the first team. It's a very, very inexperienced, very young Sligo oversight who struggled in the second half of last season. I'm going to be at the game myself. Uh, before I give you my thoughts on it, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts on who's going to come out on top of this clash. I, I think Shamrock Rovers, Shamrock Rovers will win the game. But just in terms of Sligo, Casey Howe, I'm, I'm interested to see what she does this year in the National League. Bit of a reputation up north. Can she come in and score goals? Can she add to take a bit of the pressure off Emma Doherty? From a Sligo point of view... They've lost, yes, they've lost a couple. They've retained as many uh, as many as they probably would have liked to, bar one or two. But as you said earlier in the show, Breffney, there's two players in that loan who would make a massive difference in that Sligo Rovers team that are playing that are playing in, in a different team. So for them, it's got it's got to be another tough season. Like they only took one point from the second half of the season, and that was the, the one-all draw with Treaty. So it's it's difficult to see where the points are going to come from early on. Like it's on their second season, so they're still building. A lot of players will have taken a step on from last year just with the experience, but it's a it's a different it's a different level. And I think with the with the signings that Shamrock Rovers have made, a lot of investment has gone in. High profile names, high profile manager coming in from the men's side of football. A lot of statements coming out in terms of what they're here to do, what they're here to change. All the pressure is on Shamrock Rovers. It's going to be on Shamrock Rovers every time they play. The pressure is going to be fully on them. Collie O'Neill this week saying. It's going to take five to eight games just to try and deflect a bit of the pressure. But unfortunately, when you come out with what, what they've come out with, it's all it's all, it's going to be all on them. And I think it will be a Shamrock Rovers win. I'd like to see if Sligo can keep it as competitive as, as possible for, for as long as they can. If they go down down a goal early, it could be a long day for them. But if they can keep Shamrock Rovers to nail for as long as possible, I think they, they'll put up the, a, a good fight. But I suspect the three points will come back to Dublin probably comfortable enough. Yeah, I probably would echo those sentiments. I wrote Sligo off at the start of last year. For the first half of the season, they served me humble pie every single week. And watching them beating Wexford and Shells, um, what they did was phenomenal. The first half of last season was phenomenal. But the wheels kind of came off after the mid-season break. And as you mentioned, only a single point, I think, in that second half of the season in the last 14 games. And unfortunately, they've kept the majority of that squad together with very little addition to it. If you balance, say, Casey Howe coming in, to replace General McGuinness, for argument's sake, um, it's just the two lockeries then, the difference between the two sides. And I worry for Sligo, uh, if they hit the ground running like the start of the season, they'll do fine. But if they carry on from where they, they left the second half of last year, 
I think it could be a very long second season for Sligo and um, I'd be worried for them if things don't go off to a good start. I can't see it happening on the first day out, but they're going to need to pick up some points um, in the first couple of games or or it could be a long, long season. It could just turn into a, a procession every week and I really would hate to see that happen to them because uh, they're a good bunch of girls. I know most of them from being involved in the club myself back in the day, but it could be a long, long year for them. But I think uh, the experience of Shamrock Rovers, regardless of whatever excuses we're getting from Collie O'Neill already, I'd be very disappointed in Shamrock Rovers if they don't come away with uh, all three points uh, and a comfortable three points, probably with a, a similar opening day to Sligo had last year where I think Piemont put six on them on the field before the game was overturned. It, it could be of that order, four or five goals maybe, uh, the difference at the weekend. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. No, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah, moving on quickly to... Uh, before I get shot in the showgrounds on Saturday, you have even three uh, United and Bohemians. <coughs> Apologies. Three United and Bohemians, they do battle on uh, Saturday evening. And based on last year's form, we would expect the Bows, um, a Bows uh, victory in this particular game. But again, Bows have strengthened pretty considerably. Uh, they brought in the likes of Mia Dodd, Lynn Craven, uh, Fiona Donnelly, all part of that DLR exodus over the preseason. Um, but they've lost a couple of players too. Um, they've moved, Henry Byrne, of course, has moved to Blackpool uh, due to uh, some, somebody else in our life has signed for Blackpool as well, so she's followed, and that's completely understandable. Uh, Abby Brophy, we mentioned she's gone to Wexford Youths, and a few others have made the return journey to DLR Waves. Uh, Isabel Finnegan, Freya Roach, Hannah Tobin Jones, amongst others. But it's a, it's a, an impressive looking uh, bow squad this year. And I suppose the one we haven't mentioned is Sarah Rowe has come back in from Melbourne. Um, of course, multi-talented uh, player. She's come in with aspirations of making Vera Powell's World Cup squad. Uh, that's her stated ambition. We've seen her before with Castle Bar. We've seen her a tiny bit with Shells. Uh, but most recently, we've seen her with Mayo and Melbourne in the AFL. And Mayo, of course, in the Ladies Gaelic. So she comes in as a phenomenal athlete, well-established in the Irish um, psyche. But, of course, has extensive international experience as well with Ireland. So... She's not uh, someone to be taken lightly, and I don't think it's just a flash in the pan. She could make an impact for both. Yeah, just hate to I hate to put a damper on on fans for the weekend, but I'd be probably shocked to see her involved this weekend, just because as far as I know, she only arrives back in Ireland on Thursday, and coming back that far, it'd be a bit of a big ask for her to, you know, jump straight back into it. But I wouldn't be surprised if she. <laughs> you wouldn't surprise me with Sarah if she if she does. It's it's a marquee signing in terms of the name and the the profile. She can, she has ability. The problem with the problem is the last couple of times we've seen her playing the National League, it's been for a game or two, and then she's gone off. Like she she's she's given up a big commitment of AFL in Australia and other things to potentially come and try and make Vera Powell's squad. So from a ball's point of view, it's only gonna benefit them because the fact that she's given up that, that that life in Australia for a couple of months to come and see what she can do. Other signs for bowls like the likes of Mia Dodd. For me, as a smashing sign, and I've been hearing she's been doing brilliantly in preseason. Her numbers are are brilliant. She's she's somebody who I'm really excited to see how she gets on with this season. Yes, they've lost a couple, as you say. Abby Brophy probably about the biggest, the most high profile of them going to going to Wexford and Amory Bourne be a bit of a loss. And Amory was a bit of a she was one of the, the well loved ones within the within the squad and big personality to to replace, but. You know, do you wish her the best considering the the change in lifestyle and circumstances? From from a bows on the pitch, I think they'll definitely take a massive step on. Last year, they they nearly doubled their points total, doubled their wins total from the season before, and I'd expect them to step on again this year. 
we don't know an awful lot about Treaty. That's the problem in, in terms of who they're playing Saturday. Yes, they brought in four Canadian, four players from Canada, but we don't really know an awful lot about them. We don't really know a lot about what's going to happen. A lot of youngsters as well have been have been playing for them, so it could be a very very young squad with just a couple of foreign international foreign players coming in to play for them, and it's it's difficult to assess them because preseason results have been up and down. They beat Cork, but then they lost to Galway at the weekend. So I think. This weekend we'll probably get our first glimpse of what Treaty might be like, might be like this season, but I, I'd still expect the balls win. Will Treaty be better than last year? I can't. I, and the problem is because of the amount of changes that's happened, it's difficult to say yes or no. You would like to hope that they the new the new additions can help them, but until we see them for a week or two in the in the league, it's going to be difficult to say. Yes, the preseason victory against Cork is is encouraging. But it's preseason, nonetheless, and when you when your players probably playing half a game, coming on here and there, you can't really judge it. So we probably won't be able to make that assessment for the first couple of weeks. But they'll definitely be one of the teams that will be fighting for the lower positions. Whereas I'd ex- I would expect both to be trying to push on and, and trying to break that top four this season. For the record, the new players in treaty are Kate Foley, Anne Marie Uliak. Uh, Ruth McDonald from Bray Wanderers, Kira McCormack, who's a former Irish international, currently was unattached. Uh, Kira McDonald from Bray Wanderers, Chloe Hennigan from Athlone Town, Katie Lawley has been signed from their underage ranks, while Jacqueline Renault has been uh, signed from the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. Uh, while, as we mentioned, the two Mendes girls gone to Cork City, of course, Cork natives anyway, uh, and Amy Madden has made the trip up BN18 to Galway United. So, uh, interesting season ahead for them but I think the most interesting signing treaty have made for me over the, the close season is probably in the dugout and that's the uh, signing of Alban Heisa of course former League of Ireland player himself in the first division back in the early noughties has been on the books at Piemont as their under 19 underage manager uh, over the last couple of seasons probably made the decision to go to treaty when when James O'Callaghan was uh, reappointed or, or was announced as being the manager for next year, there was a bit of uncertainty, I suppose, outside of the club at least, but whether that would or wouldn't happen at the tail end of the last year. Um, and very shortly after that announcement came in, Alban was announced as the, the manager of Treaty. I suppose Reedy just wanted his time to, to prove what he could do in the league. I- impressed with the level of players he's brought in, both from within the country and outside it? But the, with a lot of youngsters, the only thing I will say to him in terms of his abilities as a coach, is he brought that PML team to win to success last year at underage. So, you know, he has got a bit of a pedigree of working with some of the underage players. And I think it's a project for him to get stuck into and, and to try. But the, my only concern is, and it's the same thing that happened with Don O'Reardon last year's, I'd hope it's more than just a one season, one season in and out because for treaty, they need more than that. John McLean's obviously gone in there as part of their academy, uh, academy, work i think he's the academy director he took over when shane keegan left he's national league experience as well so there's a lot of work to be done in terms of their national league like we don't know an awful lot about the signings that have come in from abroad kira mccormick is is obviously an ex-irish international but hasn't played for a number of years as well so what's left in the legs there and you know they've they've some underage players last year who who stepped up and made good impressions on the first team but it's difficult to, to really assess the signings at this stage. 
Yeah, time will tell, I suppose, what, what the story is like in Treaty over the coming weeks. But uh, I think expectations would have them around about the same position as they were last year in the bottom couple of places in the league table. But we'll see how that pans out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the final game of the weekend, of course, Athlone Town, fresh off their President's Cup victory last weekend. They host Piedmont United, uh, a relatively happy hunting ground for Athlone last year against Piedmont. Uh, but it's a, it's a bit of a new look Piedmont this year as well. They've lost a couple of players Two Shamrock Rovers, about six gone in my uh, calculations. Anya Borman, Stephanie Roach, of course, high profile within that. Summer Lawless, the underage international goalkeeper. Alana McAvoy, Ava Fleming and Lauren Kelly, all gone just down the road to Tala from Newcastle. While Michelle Doonan, she's moved to DLR, as has Rebecca McMahon. And Eve Keneally has gone to Athlone Town. In the indoor for them, uh, Becky Watkins uh, of Wexford Youths uh, has joined them, has come back to the club. She had been there previously, of course. Well, another trio from DLR, um, Carla McManus, Avril Brearley and Kate Mooney. And of course, one that hasn't been announced yet, but was included in their headshots uh, when they were done by Sportsfile during the week is, of course, the goalkeeper from the cup final last year uh, at Lone Town, former at Lone Town goalkeeper, Neve Coombs, of course, formerly played uh, with Bohemians as well in the, in the league. So she's no stranger to a base in Dublin. She's going to be in a P-Mount shirt this year, but can she take this P-Mount shirt from uh, Neve Reed Burke? We've seen Neve struggle at times to, to keep that shirt with the attentions of Nisha McAloon. Uh, she was pretty much ever present last year uh, in that jersey when she was available. Um, can Neve Coombs take that offer, or is Neve Reed Burke just uh, that little bit of extra class in this league? For me, to be honest with you, the biggest bit of business that P-Mount have done this off-season is keeping Neve Bork and keeping Karen Duggan. That'll tell you how high I actually rate Neve. I think not just as a goalkeeper. As a goalkeeper, we've seen what she's done. Capped for Ireland, smashing goalkeeper. Has the ability to, to pull balls out of top corner and, and make superb saves. But I think her, her her leadership, if I'm not mistaken, she's the vice captain this year as well. So her leadership off the field is, is as important. And I think Neve Coombs will find it hard to, to displace her. I don't... I, I unfortunately don't think she will. I think Neve report will go on and have another great season. I think from a female point of view, the last couple of years when they've been chopping and changing goalkeeper, it hasn't helped them. And that's probably they'll probably say the the changes going one one week, one the other week didn't really help when they were going for title run-ins and they were going for pushes. Don't get me wrong, they had two smashing goalkeepers at the time, and it's a it's a bit difficult trying to keep them both happy. Nisha's obviously doing well with Durham at the minute. And Neve has shown her class, but I just think Neve Burke will be will be the number one this year, and I think she'll she'll continue to to, to help that marshal that back four because there's no doubt the penal defence like last year was it was probably one of their bit their biggest concerns and in, in is is some of the goals they, they they leaked. But if you look at the second half of the season when they really stepped on with things, Neve kept a lot of clean sheets as well, and the defence pushed on. I think they've they've negated the window a lot better than people probably thought. A lot of people initially would have said, oh, Shamrock Rovers are going to come in. They're just going to gut P-Mount completely. But they didn't They didn't manage to get all the players they wanted. I think the Karen Duggan one, as I say, is is, is huge. Karen staying with P-Mount is going to be the captain this year. Like, the leadership from, from, from the front in the middle of the park, still one of the best midfielders in the country for me, bar none. And I think when you when you have a Karen Duggan and an Avery Burke and then you sprinkle in... The likes of Carla McManus, if she could score goals this year, if Kate Mooney can stay fit and score goals this year, they're gonna have a gonna have a threat. Dora Gorman back back again. If Derv LeBurn hopefully be there a lot more this year than she was last year. There's a lot of quality players in that female side to to cause teams a lot of problems. And think about it though, 
they were only a result or two away from from really being in title contention last year, and they had that massive blip where they struggled for results. Absolutely. I think you've gone through the whole team there without mentioning the likes of Jetta Barrel, Lucy McCartan is coming back in like a new signing after missing last year through injury. Uh, Lauren O'Callaghan herself, hugely experienced player, Sive Doyle, uh, always likely to pop up on the score sheet as well. So I don't think Piedmont are written off. I personally thought they'd get decimated way worse than they actually did uh, against uh, in the, the, the wake of Shamrock Rovers returning to the league. And I think as well, yeah, they've lost a couple of big names. They've lost Stephanie and Anya. Are they the Stephanie and Anya of eight to ten years ago? Probably not. Um, that's not putting them down. They're two hugely experienced players. I don't think anyone would ever um, belittle either of their contributions uh, to any club they've been involved in over the last 15 years or so. But I, I think in terms of where they're going to be, say, in three or four years' time, are they the kind of players you're going to build a squad around? Uh, arguably, no. They're great for PR. They're great for the experience. They're great for that kind of... I suppose the the level of experience they bring to uh, a dressing room is is second to none in the league. Like the biggest the, the biggest thing that Ony and Steph will do this year is they'll bring the young players on, the young ones around them. They'll they'll make them better players and they'll make them into the players that Collie wants to have. I agree with what you're saying in terms of would you necessarily for the future be building the team around them? Possibly not. But the problem is, is we've wrote Ony or Gorman off plenty of times. We've wrote Steph and Rose off plenty of times and. They just continued to churn out, churn out gold, and like Anya finished top scorer last season, and many people are saying she was gone. Well, you've taken the words out of mouth. As much as I'm saying they're not ones for the future, I still think they'll contribute about twenty to twenty-five goals between the pair of them this season. Yeah. So, and if Shamrock Rovers win the title, it will be because of those two players um, having a huge impact at the scoring end of the field. I think they they add huge um, value. I, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with both of them over the years. Um, as long as they can move, they'll contribute to any team in, the, in this league. And uh, both girls, as they showed last year, well able to find the back of the net um, and well able to lead a team. And I think that the Shamrock Rovers will be there or thereabouts because of their inclusion, not necessarily uh, the other way around. Uh, but it putting your neck on the line, Athlone versus Piemont, probably my game of the weekend in terms of a, a contest. Uh, can Athlone continue their fine start of the season? Can they kind of gel into and, and beat Piedmont the weekend or will that experience and, and that kind of guile from the experienced Piedmont players get them across the line? I haven't sat in the fence all day and this is just the hardest game to call. I don't know what way it's going to go. It could go absolutely... Athlone could come out like a steam train and beat them 3 or 4 nil. Piedmont could come out like a steam train and beat them 3 or 4 nil. It's one of them sort of games that I actually don't know how this is going to go and it's the one that I'll be looking forward to sitting down on Saturday evening after, after being in Talca Park coming back, putting on LOI TV, I'm just being like, I'm going to enjoy this because I don't know how it's going to go. And I think this is probably the opportunity where we'll get to see from, from both sides perspective in a competitive game where they're at at the minute. And the winner of this one, the winner of this one will put, will set themselves up nicely. But I, I, I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be much in the game either way. It could be a goal either side. Absolutely. Well, just to confirm those fixtures at the weekend, the first full round of games, no DLR this week, was there on a bye week. We'll chat about them in a little bit more detail next week. But we have Shells and Cork City at 2 p.m. while Wexford make the journey to Galway 
to be the first opponents for Galway United in the League of Ireland Women's Premier Division. Sligo Rovers, they host the other new girls in the division, Shamrock Rovers, although there's not a whole pile new about them in terms of the personnel that will be taking the field for them in the women's grade at this level. Uh, that's 5pm kickoff in the showgrounds, while also at 5pm in the markets field, Trinity United and Bohemians go head-to-head at Lone Town versus Piemont. We'll do battle in probably my game of the weekend. I think you'll agree with me on that as well, Aaron. Uh, we'll both be looking forward to that after our respective games uh, this week. Uh, that's it for week one. Thanks so much to Danielle Burke for making herself available. Sean Comer, who reviewed the uh, President's Cup final for us at the top of the show. And, of course, to Aaron, thanks for joining me for another week. Uh, exciting weekends football ahead you're going to be in talking park i'll be in the showgrounds i'm sure we'll all be glued to that game in Athlone Town stadium as well later on in the day but listen thanks very much for joining us and we'll chat to you again next week